just one time I just I gotta quit trying to control this because yeah. it's not working. Yeah. And I rolled out of bed, dropped on my knees, and prayed mm-hmm. to the Lord, and you know what? Probably ever since then, and that was probably around 2000, mm-hmm. early 2000. I've kind of been this way. Hey guys, it's Jake. Welcome back to the Waymaker Podcast. I'm here with one of my very, very best friends, uh, Dan Combs. Thanks for coming by. Hey, I appreciate it. Where's the wings? That's what I came for. <laughs> That's right. Me and Dan are both big. Like we <laughs> smoke all of our food. Dan is actually a real, real chef. I am just, uh, I just ruin everything, or I smoke it and it's good. You can't ruin smoked food. That's right. And we, and you and I both can eat wings seven yes. days a week and twice on Sunday. We're actually doing a chill. Our Dan is hosting a chili cook-off uh, soon. Um, and I was like, hey, what about we fire up a smoker for appetizers? He's like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But then you startled me when you said uh, Lane will be doing the chili because I'm awful at it. I did not expect you to say that. I can't cook good chili. I'm not a good cook. I can throw wood in the smoker because I don't use a pellet smoker. I just think it's cheating. And I, all my smokers, are, I have one small electric one, and, well, you know, the big one is all natural. I'm just not a good cook. I have to smoke my food. But it was one of the fire halls that my career was in, our district chief. We smoked food every single shift. He'd come in and go, get that smoker going. And he would just, throughout the day, want it smoking food or just the smell in the fire hall. Yep. And then yep. we'd have dinner at night. And you're right. That is my passion. Yep. And I got it from my mom. Yep. She had me in the kitchen from the time I was five years old. She broke her leg. Yeah. So I was standing on a chair learning how to make a roast. I can still remember it. My sisters do too. Yeah. And stayed in there like a sous chef with her all the way till I was 19 years old. It's amazing to watch you cook. But y'all, one of the cool things about Dan is not only him being a cook, because like we all went to Florida a few or last year. And Dan cooked a couple of nights through there, and it was just absolutely amazing food. And you cooked for, like, 20 people every time we did that. Yeah, that's right. That's not how many people yeah. we ever had in Florida. Right. But the cool thing about Dan is, is just his story. Dan is always, always, always helping somebody. And it's one of the things when me and you became friends and I learned, I was like, not only are you a super successful businessman, but you true your heart is in helping people. Just doesn't matter if they're on the street, doesn't matter if they're at church, doesn't matter if it's greeting people, doesn't matter if it's cooking for people. You're always helping somebody. And that's why me and Dan got on this thing. I was like, you've got to come on the podcast and tell your story because you truly are a servant. Well, and that's probably why I was successful at work as well. Yeah. I actually started in customer service. Really? So, yeah. So did so your service has always been in my name, I guess. So did your servant heart did like take us back to like Dan Combs, helping cook in the kitchen. Is that where the serving started with you? Yeah, it probably did. Really? Yeah. And my parents really instilled a good work ethic in me. Yeah. Um, I can still remember, oh, my brother and I, as young teenagers, being sent to the garden. We had about a two-and-a-half-acre garden. Uh-huh. We had to walk through a two-acre field to get to the garden. And we'd get out there and start working. And my brother, he'd be like, where he's going? He went yeah. on into town. I would be stuck out there working. From just really? Yep. We grew up on a small mini farm. Yeah. I had to milk two cows by hand before we went to uh, school. And then Golly. when I'd get home from practice, I had to do it all over again. Really? Yeah. Golly. And it uh, that's just something that's uh, stuck through uh, throughout your life. But the flip side of Dan is you're a, a wildly successful businessman. And, and a lot of us that are part of it. So, you know, we've all talked on our um 
on the podcast about our small group, Dan was one of the, we call him the, one of the original gangsters. He was one of the first ones to walk in the door and immediately everybody fell in love with Dan. But you start like, as soon as you walked in, you're like, I'm here to help. I'm here. And you know, you're a greeter at church. I think Dan's probably the only multifaceted greeter at every campus that our church yeah. has. He just go to any church and start greeting people, which is super awesome. And I did the same thing at our church in Michigan. So yeah. that's why it came so natural. The shirt. Well, he, well this is Young Life. So okay. Yeah. He, yeah. So uh, we were talking about Young Life and Dan's old church, but everywhere you go, you go to help. Um, is there one particular thing in your life you like helping people do more than others? Or is it all real spontaneous with you? Yeah. It's easy for me is the cooking side of it. Really? Yeah. My mom did the same thing. Even, you know, we grew up, there was five of us in a little house. Yeah. And even when there was only four of us, she, every Sunday, you'd think you'd look over and that's where I get it very honest. You'd think she was cooking for an army, but she always yeah. said, someone's going to stop by mm-hmm. and I'm not, I want to make sure that I'm going to be able to feed them. Yeah. And I think one of the things I mean, you've talked about this too, is what I've started doing with like our leftover, mine and Lane's leftover at restaurants is we'll either, we'll get it in a to-go box. And if we don't, if we're not going to eat it, Find somebody and give it away. Yeah. Because yeah. you can always do that. That is so fun to do. Yeah. So fun to do. We do it all the time. Because here in Nashville, there's always people standing on the street corner. So, you know, you could do it. But even like your mom taught you, I mean, you can make extra and mm-hmm. give it to somebody or if somebody stops by. So people can't use the excuse anymore. Of, I'm just, it's too hard to cook for one. Suck it up. Yeah. Make a little extra, give it away. Yeah. There's a quart of beans actually in the uh, free refrigerator right now. Cause chapel was supposed to come over Sunday for dinner. And I had that ready to go home for. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. White beans. Yep. Um, so for people listening out there, uh, tell us a little bit about Dan Combs because you do have just an amazing story. Uh, with your heart and your generosity and your humility, uh, walk us through that. Like it's a roller coaster. All right, let's hear it. And my roller coaster is good, bad, really bad, good, and then yeah, good. Yeah. Um, I found Christ at the age of ten. Yeah. Uh, I re- still remember standing in the pew, and I was I was even crying when I when I uh, just walked up there to accept Christ. I just felt him. Yeah. You know. The bad part is, is, you know, that was, we was living in Dayton at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the house that we lived in wasn't much bigger than this garage, probably. Yeah. My parents had five kids. Yeah. So, but uh, we went to a church called East Dayton Baptist Church. Uh-huh. And then when my older sister went to high school, Belmont High School, she came home, told my dad, hey, they're dealing drugs right in front of the principal's office, daring him to do anything. Okay, we're out of here. Yeah. And we moved to Tip City, Ohio. Uh-huh. And that was where the little farm was. Yeah. And. Unfortunately, my parents didn't find a new church home at the time. So yeah. I grew up middle school, high school, not going to church. And, yeah. and that during that period, probably I did not probably, I grew away from Christ. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So I was a hooligan. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you my nickname in high school, but there ain't no way because everybody would call me that from now on. Yeah. I go back for class reunions and I have to hear it already. Yeah. Let's just put it this way. I grew up in the 70s and 80s and I love to dance. <laughs> I think you can guess the yeah. nickname now. <laughs> I know it by heart, but I, I bet it's something that stuck with you forever. Dan, there's nothing that you can't do. Um, so you had kind of drifted away from church after you all moved to Ohio. What brought you back? Was there something that happened? Or Robin and I got married young. Uh-huh. Um, and Robin is his wife. She is the yes. sweetest, obviously, because they're married. But she is one of the sweetest, sweetest. Robin is the best hugger 
on the planet. Dan serves. Robin can give good hugs. She'll hug everybody that walks in the door at church. She's just amazing. But go yep, ahead. Yep. She's the beautiful redhead in the room. She's yep. the better half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just come along to serve. Yeah. <laughs> just to help. So anyway, we got married young. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had children young, which mm-hmm. was absolutely awesome yeah. uh, that it worked out that way. Yeah. And somewhere around the age of 26, 27, mm-hmm. I just felt this tug. Mm-hmm. And it, he was pulling on my heart. Yeah. And, you know, I was probably at a low in my life as well. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of in between jobs. Mm-hmm. And something just said, hey, you got to come back. Yeah. And our oldest was about five, six years old at the mm-hmm. time. And we did. We started going back to church. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take long at all. I just, I just changed. Yeah. I just, just happened. It, it just happened. Really? And during that time frame, when I say a low, yeah. it, it wasn't always a low as in, I was hurt and things mm-hmm. like that. I, you know, I was already in my new career, but you know, there was a point in time where I probably progressed in the company too quickly. Mm-hmm. So at the age of 27, I'm already an assistant general manager position. Mm-hmm. And I was, after doing a survey, my boss calls me in and says, Hey Dan, you're doing a good job, but you're a tyrant. Mm-hmm. We got to do something about that. And they sent me to a thing called Dale Carnegie. Uh-huh how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. That has been the probably the key to my success mm-hmm. along with yeah. the Lord just being there the whole way. Yeah. And I can still remember going back and we were going on Wednesday nights as well. And I remember the pastor asking, Hey, anybody got anything they want to share? And I stood up there and I was like, you know what? The company just spent about $1,500 training me on how to treat people. Yeah. And all I really needed to do was get back in the good book. Yeah. Wow. So Dale Carnegie was, it changed things. It did. Really? It did. Now, is it faith-based at all? or do there, they... there is faith-based to it, yes, as well. As a matter of fact, there's one book, one little small golden book that they give, and there's a section in there, How to Conquer Worry. Number yeah. one, pray. Really? That's awesome. Well, I mean, that's what Jesus did. Every time he had something that he was thinking about or faced with, the first thing he did was pray, you know? So, yeah. Um, so after Dale Carnegie, did, was it just, and you got closer to God was it just up from there it was yeah it was I mean worked hard and then um I was worked for a Japanese trading company yeah and we started out as a joint venture with a steel company uh Uh, the Japanese were responsible for the manufacturing and Uh and running the plant yeah me being in customer service yeah I was the only one in the office that they could talk to so (laughs) the Lord just kind of put me there yeah that's the way it worked I I think the Lord did every step of the way yeah. Um, next thing you know it, I'm responsible for expanding buildings, building new buildings, buying equipment. Yeah. And just over the years now, this August will be 35 years. I've, I'm kind of, you know, the resident expert, if you will. Yeah. On, on knowing everything from yeah. building a plant to running a plant. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like Dan spends a lot of his time when he's not serving. He's going from many, many states and even different countries at certain times of the year to teach these people on, on how to be uh, successful business people and, and run plants and, and manage people. Um, nah, I just suggest them. I don't, <laughs> I don't teach. <laughs> this is what you ought to do. Um, do you, what's your devotional life like? Like as busy as you are, because as everybody knows, I fire from the hip. And Dan, since we've been friends, deals with it so well. He's like, hey, Jake, what are on this date, we're going to do this. And then he'll reconfirm it with my wife. And then he'll even say, is that in your calendar? Because he knows how I am. But Dan is, you're very good about 
um, hey, this is the plan. We're going to stick to it. We're going to execute. Is your uh, devotional life the same way? Like, do you have a routine? I do have a routine. I wish it was stronger, right. if you will. Yeah. Um, I am horrible about trying to memorize. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's a couple of principal things that just stick with me. I can tell you what the principles are, but to actually yeah. recite where it comes from. Yeah. Other than Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yeah. You know, let lead into the Lord, don't, mm-hmm. not your own understanding. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's kind of a, I even have a coffee cup on that one. That's why it's a little easier to remember because <laughs> all the coffee. And I like putting that coffee cup right on my desk at yeah. work and I'm not afraid to, to hide it. I think a lot of times in business too is, uh, which you're wildly successful is if you'll get, and I know for some people like, oh my gosh, they're crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. But when you turn things over to God, because there are times like, I don't know how this is going to work out. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we started up the uh, largest processing facility in North America, and I was had the, you know, the honor of constructing it and starting it, and it was a very difficult thing. You're basically, I re- still remember, you know, the our biggest customer making the comment, one of the guys that, that was in the, one of the customers at that company made the comment, well, you just hired 250 hamburger flippers. Yeah. At the time, I kind of felt like it was an insult. But yeah. what he was really saying is we were hiring 250 people that knew nothing about the business, yeah. trying to ramp up on yeah. a new business. And it got very stressful. I it bet. was a very stressful time in my life. And I had a lot of sleepless nights. And just one time, I just like, I got to quit trying to control this because yeah. it's not working. Yeah. And I rolled out of bed, dropped on my knees, and prayed mm-hmm. to the Lord. And you know what? Probably ever since then, that was probably around 2000. Early two thousand, I've kind of been this way. Yeah, I think you're real good about that. And even when me and you've talked about serious personal stuff, you're like, "Man, get on your knees and pray about it," you know. And I think, um, I think that's super beneficial. A lot of people, I still to this day do that. I don't do it every time I pray because most of it's in my car or when I'm doing a devotional in the morning. There's still times, man. Uh, I remember what Denzel Washington said, tuck your shoes far underneath your bed. That way you can get on your knees and pray and thank the Lord for the things you've been given. Uh, I don't know how often he does that. I don't do it as often as I should, but I still, I'll tuck my house shoes underneath my bed. Case, case like, gosh, because I do. I'll, I'll get so stressed or wrapped up in something. And I think to myself, like, at the end of my life, is what I'm stressed about really going to matter? You know, mm. like, is this business deal going to work out or is this transaction going to happen or whatever the case may be at the end of my life? That's not what I'm going to be worried about. You know? Um, all right. So we fast forward, we go through all this in business. Um, you're, you're opening up, uh, new branches or new factories. Um, what was it like with the family being the all American dad and this businessman? It had to be an immense amount of stress. It was, and, it, and you know, there is going to be times when that's going to happen. Um, yeah. I was very fortunate during the years that my kids grew up that, you know, I was just in a position in the company at the time yeah. that allowed both Robin and I to be at all their activities. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but just, he would, again, it, it, he was there every step of the way to make yeah. it what it is today. That's awesome. Um, but where, um, was there ever a point in your life like you're like man this is this is grim especially because you've got tons and tons and tons and tons of employees that rely on the decisions that you make throughout the day you and and the rest of your staff and the people that work you know above and below you but was there ever a time that you're like where are you god where are you at or did was it just was he always there 
I'm sure there was a time. Yeah. I can't think about it right now, but yeah. I'm sure there was a time. Um, the one thing that I really like about the position I've been in since 2013 is I'm now at more of a senior level where I can just, I like to coach now Yeah, and, and really prepare the company for the next generation. And I feel my job is really to get to know the employees as well. Yeah. You know, my dad taught me early on. He goes, if you ever move into management, never forget that mm. you put your pants on the same way they do. Mm. And that's always stuck with me. I forgot who it was. I think me and you have talked about this, but it was uh, a Yale business professor. They had their final exams, and they brought all the students in, and it was a vanilla envelope. I can't, I know this is a famous story. I just cannot remember who, who told it. Probably Brian. Yeah, it may have been. <laughs> um, but he – asked all the students, there was like 40 students in this class. And the, this question was 100% of their final grade, or 90% of their final grade. He said, name the lady that cleans this class at the end of the day. And I thought, whew, that would be, yeah. I've had a lot of people spend a lot of, you know, the night before cramming to realize it's one question, and you just had to remember someone. And I think you're really, really good about this. You're super good with names. Like, if you meet someone, like, our church, y'all, is really, really large. And uh, you, it's like the people that come through your doors, you don't forget their names. I don't know how you it, do it. It took a little while before that happened. But, yeah. you know, you talk to my wife, she'll beg to differ. Really? Because there is a lot of time. What was her name again? <laughs> She's the one that's yeah. really, really good. Dale Carnegie, one of the things that they do teach you is when you do meet somebody and you get their name, create an association that goes with that. I'm not, I don't want to teach Dale Carnegie here, but, yeah. but that is one of the tricks to, yeah. to be able to do that. And, and I tell you what, it, it helps with getting additional services yeah. and things like that. I walk up to a rental counter. I walk up to McDonald's counter. I'm looking at that name tag Yeah, and I always use their name. Yeah. I think I love name tags because I like to know people's names. Mm -hmm. One of the first things that I ask people with, uh, when I meet them is how's your day? Like, Hey, can I, what, what do you want to drink? How's your day? Sucks. And then you get, you know, you really get that personal level. But I like to dive deep with people right off the bat. Like, tell me how you're doing. And I think, um, I think as a Christian, it's and, and as a Christian businessman, it's very important to do that. Get to know them first. Most business, I don't think, is done by just picking up the phone. Hey, do you want to buy or sell this? Yes or no. Get to know the person. And it will make a huge difference in your in your personal life, not only in your business life, but also as a Christian, truly get to know them. And if there's those people that you encounter, they're like, things aren't good right now. Take a few minutes and talk with them. That may be their opportunity to hear the good news, to hear the gospel, you know, like, hey, I'm having a super bad day or I'm struggling with this or I've got this or that addiction. That may be your time to say, hey, tell me how you're doing, you know. So I try to do those things. Do you do stuff like that? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it's all about being humble. Yeah. I know you and I have had this conversation before, and you said, you know, you'll say, oh, you're just way too humble. Well, mm -hmm. that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. I think it's the way my dad wired me to be. Mm -hmm. And I take that, you know, I've heard several, there's certain sermons that just always stuck with me as well. Mm -hmm. And the Sermon on the Mount is, is one of those sermons that when it gets preached upon and the right messages, there's been mm -hmm. messages that just stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And one of those is, prayer about mm -hmm. prayer don't be one of those hypocrites that stands on the corner yeah. and just you know wants to hear himself and make sure everybody else hears him pray mm -hmm. go in your room go in the closet yeah do the prayer there 
Yeah. Make it about God, not about you. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm a very private prayer. Like we'll pray at group and stuff, but I try to share that responsibility with people because I don't want it to be, you know, that loud, boisterous, like you said, standing on the side of the street with the megaphone. Like I remember one time we were, me and my wife were going to a concert and there was a guy standing outside the Bridgestone Arena here in Nashville. And he had like this little megaphone underneath this thing. And he had a microphone and he was like, it wasn't even a bad, it was a, it was Elton, an Elton John concert. And I love Elton John. I think he's a great pianist, you know. But he was like telling us all, he's like, y'all are all going to hell and you're on a chariot of fire. And I was like, what? Like, I just want to go in here and listen to somebody play the piano. And I leaned over to the guy because he was like right here. He was on this little stool. I was like, hey, why don't you try loving people first? And then, of course, he threw rocks at me. You know, that was, I guess I opened my big mouth. But I thought, you're not going getting anywhere with just doing this to people, you know, being hateful like that. You yeah, know, it reminds me of a book I read a couple of years ago, and it's how to how to share your faith. All right. <laughs> you open up the book, and the first thing it says is, don't stand on the corner with a microphone. <laughs> Does it really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I need to get a copy of that and give, I'll never forget that guy's face, but he was red face, his neck veins were sticking out, and he was just furious. And I still to this day would love to ask him, what are you so mad about? I don't know if it was that we were going to the Elton John concert or if he didn't like Elton or he wasn't a good piano player. I don't know what his problem was, but he was. He was furious. But uh, that is a good point. Don't stay on the street corner and yell with a megaphone. Yeah. What, um, what are your, do you have any, like, advice for people? Because we have a lot of questions like this, and this is why I wanted you to come on. A lot of people will bring everything back to business ideas or business reasons or, um, you know, one of the things we do with our company is I don't ever, uh, I call it co-mingling, but I don't ever use business and mix it with the podcast or the podcast and mix it with a business because I don't ever want anybody to think that like, oh, well, you're just doing this for this amount of attention or vice versa. My faith in Jesus is as real as it gets. It's not fake. Um, I'm not perfect by any means. Um, and anybody that knows me would vouch for that, but I don't will be like, I won't say, oh man, if God will give me this, I'll post, you know, John 4, 21. I don't do those things because I don't ever want it to be that way. And you know, people are like, oh, you're a Bible thumper or you're this or that. But are there things that you do in your daily practices uh, besides pray that will keep your relationship with God a little bit closer as it relates to business. Does that make sense? Like in your office, do you got worship music going or are you always on the phone or around people constantly? Um, I will sometimes if yeah. I shut my door and, and put some music on probably the biggest thing that I do. Yeah. You said I move from plant to plant. I, I drive to Birmingham a lot. I drive to Louisville a lot yeah. from, from here in middle Tennessee. So it's two and a half, three hours here in the car. Yeah. I listen to sermon after sermon. Favorite? Who's your favorite preacher? Uh, you got one? Probably Dr. David David Jeremiah. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'll even listen to him on my phone while I'm working out. Yeah, I like uh, T.D. Jakes, Bishop Jakes. I love listening to him. He, man, his voice, the way he can, man, he can preach a building on fire. It's amazing at the way he's got that deep Southern voice, and he's just such a big man, but he... He's his love for Jesus is out of this world, but I love listening to that guy. Yeah. Tony Evans, yeah, Doctor Jeffers, I, yeah, just on and on. Yeah, because I listen to uh, 
family talk is what I listen to. Yeah. On XM. So your uh your family's back in Michigan. Yep. Except for you and your lovely bride. Um are they all in the church? Yes. Really? Yep. As a matter of fact, our uh our younger son in law is a youth director at the church we were going to when we were in Michigan. I, and, they, and they met in Young Life. Really? Yeah. Which is where the shirt came from. Which is where the shirt came yeah. from. So did you and Robin do a lot of stuff with Young Life? We did. When when uh, Casey, our youngest, was heavily involved, uh, we would go to the Young Life house, mm-hmm. which is where all the, the leaders were yeah. every Friday night. and We were the host parents. We'd have them over to the house. I mean, yeah. my wife, you open up my cupboards and you see all this cooking utensils to cook for 50 people because there was a couple yeah. times a year that we would do that. We just love doing that. Yeah. Uh, every year we would go up to uh, the camp up in Cadillac and mm-hmm. during leadership weekend, we would just help host the, the dining hall and that. And Yeah. yeah. So a, what is Young Life? Young Life is a non-denominational organization mm-hmm. founded in 1941. Their, their principles are you're, it's going to be hard to get your, especially teenagers, to come to church. Okay. Their philosophy is go into their area. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll do that. They'll go into the you know, school mm-hmm. districts and that and try to build relationships, especially a lot of the leaders are college-age kids. So you know they're at that good age where someone's going to look up to them and, and, and possibly be a mentor. Yeah. Now, you have to be accepted, you know, yeah. invited. They're not young life. Yeah. They're going to try to go in on their own. Yeah. You got to be invited into the community, but it's, it's really neat because they, they start out by just building a relationship, just yeah. listening, build a relationship, build that trust. And then, then introduce Jesus. Yeah. I think, um, it's through their love first. Yeah. And then once they start hearing about Jesus, it's like, Oh, all this love you've been showing me, that's what this is about. Man, that's so powerful. I think, especially in our younger communities, that's so important. And I've, uh, I've talked to a few people on here before. One of the things that I think is wrong with the world today is people just not loving each other. Love each other first. And if you have that common love for Jesus, uh, the rest of the, your disagreements will work themselves out. You know, like you said, you need to be invited into that place first, but just do things because you love somebody. Don't just go in there and be like, the guy on the street corner, you're all going to hell. Like, he, I, I'll never forget that. But... You've got to start out by loving them. I mean, that's what Jesus did. Every single encounter that he had with anybody, uh, he was a little fired up at the temple, I think. But I, you know, but other than that, whether it was the leper or the woman at the well, I mean, everybody feeding the five thousand, he just loved them. And I think it's so important. So it's good to hear about Young Life, which I have no affiliation with Young Life. Dan is a super big helper of them. Do you still do it? Uh, financially, yeah. We help. Sure. Yeah. Do they do it here in Nashville? I think Hendersonville does have a. Really? Yep. So is it like a big brother, big sister program, kind of, or a little bit different? Uh, I think the relationship starts building like that. Um, And then they have, I don't know how many camps, but they have camps all around the country. Yeah. uh, From Michigan, New York. They have several in Colorado. They've got one in Hawaii, I think. Really? Yeah. That'd be nice. they, They have camps all over. And that's where they really. Uh, you, these camps probably bring in five, 600 kids wow. every week in the summer. Obviously yeah. COVID stopped that, but yeah, normally. And then the next week, five or 600 kids and just the programs that they do, and, yeah. you know, the, the music and that it's just, it's a great way. It's, it's an awesome outreach and every one of the camps are just phenomenal. 
Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. You know what our house looks like. We kind of mimic that room off of really the young life camps. Dan's house is the ultimate house. It's like from the back wall of his kitchen all the way to his den. All the other side of his den is wide open. And they have this huge, beautiful island. And it is anybody that was a cook or wanted to be a cook would want to be around y'all's island. Because you could put out acres of food in y'all's kitchen. Uh, just, and we built that for community. Yeah. We did. And will y'all still do it? I mean, like even our group and y'all have people over for church. Do you ever get tired? As much as you're helping people, do you ever get tired? No. No. You're always so energetic. And it just, you never stop going. Because that's where the passion is. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get tired when it's when you're passionate about something. That's awesome. And you get up earlier than me. Did you know that? <laughs> I kind of did. Yeah. Dan's like, oh, wake up at 5 a.m. No problem. That's just how I do. And, but um, I'm not a 5 a.m. guy. Um, so what's the rest of – how's things looking for um, you right now? Like what's, what season are you in in your own personal life? Like do you have a season that you're walking through right now with your spiritual walk? Like mine, like I've told you, this is like surrender. It's my my season is I'm in a season of surrender. If I can't control it, I'm going to try to let it go. Contentment. Contentment. I'm very content where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I'm because I am, I think I'm I'm working harder at script, more scripture. Yeah. At the moment. That's what my weakness. I don't remember. I can't memorize. Oh, me neither. I know a few. I would say 10. Maybe twelve if I'm lucky. I just say ten, but I, it's you know as much as I'm always in the Bible, I just don't memorize it. I can give you, I can tell you the parables and the stories, but I'm not super good. Like I've got a friend that man, he can just roll off his tongue. It's like, did you just recite the whole Old Testament? He's just good at it, but I am not. Um. So with contentment, did did that come? Is that came recently, or is that something that you wanted to achieve? Is just being content. No, it just happened. Really? Yeah. I think when you get close to 60 years old, it happens. Really? <laughs> you settle down. Knocking on its door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, all of your kids are amazing as well. I mean, along with your wife. Were, the, were they raised from, or were they raised in church from the get-go? Uh, yeah, pretty much from the get-go. Really? Our oldest was about four years old, four or five years old. Really? Yeah. And her and her and her mom got baptized at the same time. Really? Mm-hmm. Mama Robin? Yep. Really? That's amazing. Now, your son-in-law is a pastor. Yep. Yep. And he is super amazing. Where is he a pastor at? Remind me again. Riverview. In Michigan? Yep. He, uh, I actually got the honor to sit down with him at, around y'all's island. And, uh, man, we had a wonderful conversation. We actually all, it may not have been late for TJ, but it was me, staying up till 10 o'clock. I was like, whew, I'm exhausted, but he is. Uh, 10 o'clock is the last time you looked at your watch. <laughs> it was a little later now. <laughs> yeah. I know I was exhausted the next day. Um, what are some things that you would tell um, younger business people to focus on? Like if you had to pick a couple things, like, hey, I'm trying to start a business or I want to be successful like Dan, what is something that you'd say, here are some good ideas? Be humble. Okay. It, it's it's all about your core. Yeah. Create the core. Be humble. Okay. Um, know that people want to talk more than 
they want to hear you talk. Mm -hmm. So do that, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to customers. Mm -hmm. Start with that. Gotcha. Don't be afraid to work hard. Yeah. I well, and I think and you're that, not going to do it and you're not always going to do it in eight hours and don't be afraid if that happens either. Don't be afraid if it doesn't happen in eight hours that I needed to hear. That's pretty good. Cause I'm like, I've got to get this done. I've got to answer this email and I'm trying to tell myself like I can get it tomorrow. It's not the end of the world. So be humble. Don't be afraid not to get it done in eight hours. And what else? No, don't be afraid if it takes more than eight hours. Oh, if it takes more, it yeah, takes yeah. more than eight hours. Yep. I mean, I've, you know, yeah, I get up early and I used to get up early and work out more than I get up and work out now, but <laughs> I still get up early and I start work early. Yeah. Um, do you think, do you surround yourself with like-minded people? I know it's hard sometimes at certain levels, but is there times that, Hey, I can't do it in a business setting. Cause we had, I had someone ask me this not too long ago. How do you surround yourself? with Christians all the time. I said, well, I can't, I mean, I can't say I'm not doing business with somebody that has a different belief in me. You know what I mean? But I, I told him, I said, in my personal life, I try to do that. You know, I may, I've got friends of all races, colors, creeds. They call Jesus and God by different names. And some of them don't believe. But I said, what I try to do is I try if I spend seven hours of my daytime and I'm around people that, you know, that we're not always talking about the Bible, um, I try to try to redirect my personal time to do so. Do you do things like that? Like all of us with small group, do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important as a Christian to, to always come back to that. Um, now in your, you know, with your experiences, cause I can tell you that I do, mm -hmm. do you find it pretty easy to spot a true Christian and your professional life it's uh, amazing i do i can tell yeah. tell you you know yeah. and i'm sure there's a lot more yeah. but there are certain ones and at each one of our locations and and you know customers mm -hmm. or, or suppliers it it comes out pretty and and i think it probably in my case maybe it comes out just because of the way i communicate mm -hmm. i think um yes i do but I think anytime you're dealing with money, that's what everybody I feel like strives for. And this is just my personal opinion. I feel like that's what everybody's striving for is money because I'm dealing with large amounts of people's money at a time. I think I find out real quick with the person that I'm dealing with, what their real priorities are. Yeah. Because, and we'll be on a conference call and everything will be fine. And everybody will be super sweet following the leader, getting things done. Like, Hey, we're going to do this, this, and this. And then you get that one person behind the scenes and they're like, no, we don't have to do that. I'm like, no, that's what we're doing. That's the right thing for the client. Yeah. But if we do this, we could get X, Y, or Z. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. And when they bring that up to me of, well, why not? I'm like, because it's not right. We're not going to, we're not going to charge someone for something that we don't have to charge them for, you know, or, oh, well, if you'll send these people to us, we'll give you a referral fee. My very next question to most people is, why don't I use you now? Well, I know that we didn't show up on time or we did this wrong. I don't care about the money. I just want people that's going to do what's right. So you know what I mean? I'm not saying those people aren't Christians, but I always, when it comes to money, I think you see true colors faster than mm -hmm. people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then, because ever all of us, we all want a bigger paycheck. 
no, no matter what it is, even when I was a paramedic, you know, making $12 an hour, I was like, man, I just worked two weeks. I got $1,100. <laughs> I really would like $1,200. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, I think you can kind of get a good idea, but I know that there's points in my life. I know there that people would look at points in my life. Like, well, you're not a Christian. And the only thing I could ask, the only thing I could do is ask them to forgive me and have mercy because, yep. you know, because there are definitely those points, you know, and back to your question, you know, another word of advice. And this this is not only for your job, your career. It's for your relationship. It's for your your activities in church. Mm-hmm. You're going to get whatever you put into mm-hmm. it. You're going to get out of it. Yeah. So I think that's why we volunteer as much as we do. Because yeah. we get more out of it than the people we're serving. Mm-hmm. Whether that's going down to the Nashville Rescue Mission, whether that's yeah. in the auditorium at church. Yeah. You're going to get out of something what you put into it yeah i think that's uh really important and i'll even um take it a step further and say and me and you've talked about this one of the hardest things for me to do and it goes back to the money thing was to learn to tithe and a lot of people don't like talking about it and they don't like bringing it up because most people not most some people say oh it's just a church watch money i love talking about it now yeah me too um, and so what me and my wife do is her check is an auto deposit. Um, and I'm not going to go into any details, but mine are very sporadic. Sometimes I get a check. Sometimes I won't. I'm like, whew, wish I had that $1,100 as a paramedic. But, um, uh, all of mine, we go into one account and me and Lane had an agreement that when, uh, when I got paid, we didn't touch the money until we did what God wanted us to do with it first. Um, and at first you're like, gosh, you know, that could be a hundred dollars or $500. It's like, I could do so many things with that. Um, but I think it's very, when you get used to doing it, it's just like you said, you put in what you get out. Yeah. I think God has a super unique way, far more unique than I can explain with my little finite mind of, okay, you're going to trust me with this. I'm going to trust you with that. It may not be that you tie the hundred dollars and then a wagon shows up at your house with $10,000, but your bills could be less or that bill may not come. You know, I think he's very, very good about if we trust him as Christians with things that are important to us, such as money, he's going to make things better. Oh, at the end of the day, that's why I'm sitting where I'm sitting and have what I have yep. is because I truly believe that. Yep. Yep. And, and I I've tell, always put the faith in, into that. Yep. I man, I'm, which I know me and you were on the same page about that, but I think I would feel that way. I will feel that way about my faith in Christ no matter what happens. You know, you think about the woman that uh, there was the, I think it was a tax collector or one of the Jewish leaders, I can't remember, but he tithed his tithe. and She threw in two mites. And then Jesus was telling a story to the disciples and the people was like, who Who gave more? Yep. And it was her, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just, I always think about that. When it comes to, and it doesn't have to be a check to a church. I mean, I, you know, you could go out and help the homeless. You know, I think that is super something important. And I had someone not too long ago that said, well, the people selling the newspaper aren't homeless. It's not my place to judge them. What's it going to hurt to give them a two and a half dollar tarp from Harbor Freight? You know, go in there buy tarps for two or three bucks. Yeah. And I hear so many people say, oh, it's just a scam. They're just over there. They get, it's a scam. They don't really need that much. Yeah. I still look at them and go, I've got a lot more than they do. Yeah. I'm, yeah. And I, and I know me and you feel the same way about this. 
But I think for people listening, I'd want them to understand like the stuff you have on this earth, you're not taking it with you. It's not, you're not, it's not going with you at all. None of it, not your clothes, not your shoes, your phone, your Apple watch. It's not going with you. I, you know, I told you we had someone break into our farm not too long ago. And for whatever reason, I knew when I got down there, I was going to be like, man, they've taken this stuff or that stuff. Well, the night lane showed me that it, that we had been, someone had broke in after I was like, at first I did the regular thing. I was like, shoot. I said, well, when did the cameras get them? She was like, oh, 11 hours ago. I said, Why are you telling me now? Like, Hey, <laughs> um, but after I got thinking about it, after about 10 minutes, I was like, you know, if they take it, they needed it more than me. You know, I, it's not mine anyway. So I try to, I try to live that way. I try to always share and be giving. But when it came to that, I was like, well, if they, if they did take something and lo and behold, we get down there and take a thing. Just yeah. went 400 yards up the driveway, turned around and left. I don't know why. I was like, okay, good. My prayer paid off because <laughs> I thought they took all this. I had a brand new generator out there. I was like, I know this stuff is gone. Hey, I was going to ask you. Yeah. Uh, we were talking this past week and, you know, I know how busy you are mm-hmm. and, you know, you're in a big successful position as well. So don't be humble. <laughs> so all of a sudden you want to go back into volunteer firemen. Yeah. So that around, <laughs> um, I, it, well, one, thanks for bringing it up, but, um, I, I only told those that I was close with. So, um, well, I mean, you know, I live here for all of you, uh, tuning in. I live here in Hendersonville and, um, I'm only just a few minutes from the local volunteer fire department, uh, in our area. And so I listened to him go up and down the road and me and Lane one day were talking. She said, uh, I was, she was standing in our closet. I was in our bedroom. I was like making the bed and, uh, even though Lane never cleans. Sorry, Lane. Uh, I'm just kidding. She does. <laughs> but she said, do you notice something? I said, what? She said, all your uniforms are still on hangers. and They are covered in dust. And I said, back off, lady. And she, she said, you've not been doing it for a couple years now. She said, but you're all your uniforms, not just from my last employer, but throughout my career, I you know, kept a couple of uniforms. And um, she's like, you think you miss it? I said, well, I miss helping people that really need help. Um, I said, I don't miss the getting up when you're forced to get up in the middle of the night. So I had some friends at this volunteer fire department and, um, I, we kind of got in contact. I said, Hey, don't say anything. Cause I'm from the area. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it, but I said, uh, thinking about getting back in. Well, the next day the chief called of the, that department. He's like, come on. And I said, well, let me think. And he said, well, we're having a meeting tonight. It's Monday night. And, uh, I didn't go. I was like, I'm good. And not for any in particular reason, you know, some people suffer from PTSD and this and that, and that, that would thank the Lord. That's not what I ever had to deal with. I just, God was calling me to do something else. But, uh, the following Monday I went, and he was like, you're on, you know, filled out all the stuff, got all the stuff done, got my gear and my radio, like my radio sits up here. And, uh, uh, anytime it goes off, I'm like, we got one, like out of Ghostbusters. But it was just something I wanted to start. I wanted to get back in to n- helping people and there'd be no strings attached. And I think 
uh, I don't know the exact statistics, but like 80% of the United States is protected by a volunteer fireman. They don't get anything. Yeah. Nothing. And I walk into this station and it's beautiful and it's great. And you look around at the people and you think, man, you want to talk about love. These guys, they've been, I'm just now getting back into it. These guys have been doing it. They'll run into somebody's burning house. There's no paycheck. There's no insurance. There's no nothing. And so it was just super uh, something I wanted to do. And I've gone on like eight calls now, which have been awesome. Um, And actually one of the very first calls I went on was a pretty bad wreck. And I didn't get time to talk to him. But me and the guy was um, one of his, it was one of his family members. He locked eyes and he had a very good influence in my life and he, he never knew it. But he said, Jake, I said, good to see you. And we, did the job that we had to do, and he was worried about his son, so we didn't get to catch up, and it, it was a bad incident. But, um, yeah, I enjoy it. I'm, and I'm super glad that they allowed me to join their department because they are amazing from the chief down to the the newest person. I mean, they're just really, really cool. So it's fun. I enjoy well, you're it. asking me all these questions. You're doing the same thing, and they are as well. You're getting out of it what you put in it. Yeah. You love to serve, and it's the satisfaction you get for helping someone else, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. But, you know, you think of these – these guys going on these calls when in in the people that dialed nine one one that's the worst emergencies that they've ever had. That's why you know you do dial those three numbers. But I was telling one of the guys at this department the other day. He's like, "What made you get back into it?" Because he was like, "It spread like wildfire." I was like, "I know." Um, I said, "I just wanted to help." I said, "I've been given so much, and this is the only way that I know to do you know to do it." So yeah, that's kind of why. Long-winded, long-winded answer, but that's pretty much how everything goes with me. Well, kind of like what we're doing right now as well, this podcast that we're doing. Yeah. Why are you doing that? I think you want to reach people. Yeah. You want them to hear messages about the Lord and what it can do and influence someone's life, right? Yeah. I have probably, my mother and father would tell you, my deepest passion ever since I was a kid. I mean, it's kind of like what you were talking about with your childhood. I was baptized early, but one of the, I wanted to be a police officer, a pilot, or a preacher. And I didn't know what a paramedic was then, but I uh, became a pilot. Definitely wasn't going to be a police officer in today's climate. Um, but I just knew while I was being a paramedic, I was like, I've seen all the things that I want to see, and I've done all the things here that I've wanted to do. And I had an amazing career. I worked for some of the finest that worked with and for some of the finest people in the entire United States. I've got to travel and meet instructors and whatever, but the two and three places that I worked, I worked for the finest and with the finest people on the planet. And um, so if you're listening, y'all know who I'm talking about. But God just kind of put it on my heart, like kind of like you getting called back is I knew that there was something else he needed me to do. And I know that it's not popular. It's hard to talk about Jesus. I can talk about why you need to buy headlight fluid, and I could probably sell it to somebody. But it's not important. What is important to me, and I think you're this way too, I don't think I know. It is so important that we take the Gospels very, very seriously because at the end of our life, it's not going to matter how much business I did. It's not going to matter how um, tran- how many transactions I got closed or did. It's not going to matter how many calls I went on as a fireman paid or paramedic paid or volunteer. 
what it's going to matter is, was I, did I believe in Jesus? Did I ask for forgiveness of my sins, which are plenty um, still to this day? And all I'm going to be able to do when God says, here it is, here's your whole life before you, is say, look at him. And so I take it very serious at this point in my life. I want people to know that. It's not going to matter who you voted for. It's not going to matter how many drugs you did or didn't do. It's not going to matter whether you have or had or had an abortion. It's not going to matter whether you started 10 businesses and failed. It's not going to matter whether you stole from somebody. What's going to matter in that second is did you turn to Jesus? Because there's nothing that's unforgivable. He made that perfectly clear. Um, I know there are some things that theologians will want to twist, but if you have, if you repent and you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He is who He says He was, and that He died on that cross and rose from the dead, the rest doesn't matter. And it was a fight worth, it was a fight for me. It was something for a long time, like you said, you kind of went away from the church and came back. I was always a Christian, but I wasn't actively practicing Christian. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, term I like to use is we were God fearing, not God loving. Yeah. Yeah. We, we knew he was always there and it was more of a God fearing and until you realize the influence that he's, he has in your life. Yeah. And now, I, t- yeah, go ahead. I was just going to, I'm going to speak. Okay. You heard Jake talk about the three, three main things or four main things he wanted to be. You notice he's not done one, but if you've been watching him today and, and throughout, He's got another one I know and is in his future. Oh gosh. <laughs> you you have a you just have that gift. You do. Well, I appreciate the kind I I really do appreciate the kind words, but it's just I mean, it was just something that God was like, You've got to do this. Well, he's given you the gift. Yeah. Yeah. But it is ultimately it's his gift, not yours. Exactly. But he, he gave that gift to you. And you know what's bad as a Christian? I fight it. I fight it. I'm like, I'm not good enough. Or I've done this, this, and this. Or I, you know, and I do. I've, I've had people since we started this podcast, they'll message you and say, well, I remember when you went out, no, 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 no. And I'm like, guilty. And usually they're like, well, yeah, but I'm like, guilty. And they don't know what to say. And I'll say, I, 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 I still am a sinner. I'm not perfect. I try, not, I try not to do those dumb sins that I did. But I do, yeah. So I, even Lane was like, I need you to start praying for something. I said, what? She said, I see it. And I said, what? She said, I think you're getting ready to start preaching. And then one of the pastors that I'm friends with, he's like, man, you're already doing it on the podcast. But I mean, you're doing that in a sense. Well, last night, small group, I sat over there and I forget you started telling one of those stories. And that's one of the things I think that, that, that comes with that gift. You're a great storyteller. (laughs) Some people could take that. It's like, (laughs) he's full hot air too. (laughs) But I, hey, my mom always said, if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with BS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard you say that before. I was like, oh, we're going down that road right now. Um, no, I appreciate all those kind words. Um, but I I mean, I think my, I, well, I don't think, I know mine and your drives are the same. Um, and even our producer, Frankie, uh, he doesn't get any credit for what he does. And neither does um, our media girl Jaylen, we all have the same mission you know and i've even asked frankie i was like why would you spend time doing this podcast for me he's like well one it's not for you he was like but i have a gift and he's good with 
all this stuff. Like, y'all, if you could, one day we'll get a screenshot or a snapshot of all the stuff that's behind the scenes that is put perfectly uh, by Frankie. And you'll never see it in the camera. But I said, why are you doing this for, you know, someone like me? He's like, man, it's my gift. This is what God has given me to do. He said, yes, I do this professionally. Um, because there are people that are volunteering their times to make this happen. It's not just, oh, Jake, sit down, flip a switch, turn on everything, invite somebody over and start talking. There are so many people do that. But I, I thank God every day that I have have people in my life that have been willing to volunteer. Yeah, talk about a server, Frankie. Yeah. Definitely. He is bragging about the cooking. Yeah. You didn't brag about how good he cleaned the dishes. <laughs> I mean, it, but he's there. He's yeah. like, hey, I can't cook. Yeah. You cook, I'm going to clean. And but, he's humble. But people talk about the food. They don't talk about, you know, he's yeah. always behind the scenes. He's just taking care of everything yeah. else. Yeah. he. I mean, he truly is always serving somebody, you know. And so I, I don't know. That's why I think all these things are kind of lying. All the stores are lining up, as some people would say. is, um, But I think, Dan... Uh, a lot of people, when they see this, are going to be grateful to hear from someone like you that has become so successful, but there's another side of you that not only are you successful, you're humble, uh, you're like Frankie, and you, um, you're you not afraid to just help. That's one thing about you is you're not going to stand around and talk about a problem. I've seen that with you when we're setting up churches or taking down churches. When you see that there's an issue that needs to be fixed, you just go and do it. Then you'll come back and get another task. And I've always thought that's a real leader. So I'm, I'm so grateful that you've had such a positive influence in my life because it has been in just the short two years that we've known each other. You're just an amazing Christian man. Amazing. And it's we're just, anybody that gets to call you a friend is very, very blessed. So I'm thankful for that. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. And I can't take, can't take all the credit. He gets all of it. Yeah. But I got to give some to my beautiful wife as well because yeah. she is she is truly the better half in this in this relationship. Robin is. Uh, if you've ever got to get to, if you ever have the opportunity to meet Robin, uh, she's just an amazing person. Um, and before we wrap up, I do want to take a minute. I know that he's not in the shot and he won't be. I'm going to get a photo of him. Um, you know, we all sit on here and talk about how good God is to us, uh, and he is. There is no doubt. Everybody that is a part of this uh, recognizes that. Um, but I do want to take a minute and thank Frankie and Jalen for, I mean, it, they. we sit here, and it's an hour or 30 minutes or 45 minutes or two hours of talking. Um, they put in the hours, and I am so honored to to be, to be allowed to do what I'm doing but to be doing it with people that are this awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. This awesome. And Jay Lynn talked about someone that's smart. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're good at what we do because yeah. we've been doing it. One of the reasons we've been doing it a long time. Yeah. He hasn't. Yeah. She is just, she's so, she smart. Is so smart and their love for Jesus is amazing. Um, but I, I think, you know, you look at it, it, when you surround yourself with people that have the same mission at hand, we're not, do, you know, Frankie and Jay Lynn aren't doing this because we're getting rich. You know, volunteer firemen aren't doing this because they're getting rich. They're doing it just to help, and I'm just so grateful. So thank you for what you're doing. I know it's harder than what I have to do, and thank Jaylen for that. Um, I just right. want, again, I don't know where it came from. I hope it was Paul or else I was wrong. You know, one is strong, two is stronger. A cord of three cannot be broken. Ooh, yeah, that's really good. What – um. Man, that's really good. That's going to be hard to top because <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> thinking of that. So um, to all the people listening, 
are tuning in, what would you want to tell them before we wrap up? Is there any like anything, even if it's business related, personally related? Uh, you're such an amazing dad, so it can be parental related. Uh, I've only gotten to meet uh, one small uh, portion of Dan's family, but it's obvious that like. Well, if I had another, I'll close on this. If I had another T-shirt to wear, uh-huh. and I do have it, you've uh-huh. probably seen it. Uh-huh. It says God first, mm. family, then the Buckeyes. <laughs> Go Buckeyes. <laughs> um, well, man, thanks for coming by. You've been awesome. Yep. And oh, I thank can't, you for the opportunity. I can't ever thank you for uh, the positive influence you've had in my life and so many others. You're an amazing, amazing man um, and an even better friend. So thank right. you so much. Thank you. Love you. Yep, love you. 